Hello, hello, this is Monica Michael, and welcome to the Real Life After College podcast, where we have real, raw, and candid conversations with our guests about how they navigated life after college. I wanted to shake things up this podcast and talk about student loans, and I figured what better time to talk about it than with college graduation coming up in about a week. So let's get into it. According to CNBC, 70% of college graduates graduate with a significant amount of debt, and over 40 million Americans collectively hold nearly $1.5 trillion in student debt, which means that roughly one in four American adults are paying off student loans. Student loan borrowers now graduate with an average of $37,172 in student loan debt. Now, I wanted to do this podcast because I've written about student loans on the blog, and I always get feedback from people saying that they really don't know what they owe or they don't understand their payment options. So let's get started. So backstory. When I was in college, of course, I took out student loans from MAP grants to Pell grants. I don't even know if they offer Pell grants anymore. (laughs) To unsubsidized and subsidized loans, to Parent Plus loans, you name it, I took it. Now, of course, the majority of my loans went to pay for my education and resources like books and supplies, but that refund check though, that was paying for things that I don't even wanna mention on the podcast. So fast forward to graduation. I, like many college graduates, heard the saying from everybody that you got six months, which pretty much means you have six months to figure out this financial situation before Sally Mae gets to calling. And that was the truth. I graduated, moved back home with parents, couldn't find a job, and Sally Mae still wanted her coins. But Sally also gave me a few repayment options that I didn't even know existed. And I'm gonna run through those today. So get your paper, pens, highlighters, and whatever else you need to take out some notes, and let's get started. So in this podcast, I'm going to be giving you guys two tips and a bunch of different resources and websites that you can look up in order to take advantage and to take control of your student loan situation, okay? So the first tip is to track down your student loans. Before you can start the process of planning to pay, you must first know what loans you have, who you owe, what you owe, and when you owe. So a good way to find out that information is to access the National Student Loan Data System. Again, the National Student Loan Data System. And the National Student Loan Data System is the U.S. Department of Education's central database for student aid. NSLDS, which is the acronym, receives data from schools, guarantee agencies, the direct loan program, and other Department of Ed programs. NSLDS, which is the acronym Student Access, provides a centralized, integrated view of Title IV loans and grants so that recipients of Title IV aid can access and inquire about their Title IV loans and or grant data. Now, keep in mind, this will only show federal student loans. So if you have private loans, you'll have to contact the lender directly. But this is your first step to know what you owe. So you first want to get on this website type in your information that it asks. This will give you a full picture of what you owe, and that is your first step. 
So for student loan repayments, there are four to five options, but we're going to go through two and I'll provide info on others maybe in a part two of this podcast. So the two we'll be discussing are the income-based repayment option, which is typically called an IBR, and the pay-as-you-earn option. So let's jump into the income-based repayment option. So the income-based repayment option is a specific type of plan offered by the Department of Education to help students who can't afford their monthly federal student loan payments under the standard repayment plan. So if you can't afford your student loan payments or if your federal student loan payments are high compared to your income, you may want to switch to an income-based repayment plan, okay? Income-based repayments adjust your student loan payments based on your income. So if you borrowed loans after July 1st, 2014, your monthly loan payments will be set at 10% of your discretionary income. And if you borrowed loans before that date, July 1st, 2014, you'll pay 15%, okay? And then your discretionary income is calculated by finding the difference between your adjusted gross income and 150% of the annual poverty line for a family of your size and in your state. Let me repeat that. Your discretionary income, which is the income that they use, is calculated by finding the difference between your adjusted gross income and 150% of the annual poverty line for a family of your size. So this basically means your student loan payments are individualized to match your specific income cost of living and family needs. So again, if you feel like your student loan payments are extremely high in comparison to what you're bringing home every two weeks, or if you don't have a job and you're not bringing home anything, the income-based repayment may be a great option. When I didn't have a job, In the first maybe six months to a year after college, I didn't have to pay anything. Now, of course, that is a pro of the income-based repayment. Uh, A con would be maybe your interest would be going up. But again, you guys will have to look in to see individually what's going to work for you. But the income-based repayment plan is out there if you need it. Plan number two. So now we're going to talk about option two, which is payee or pay-as-you-earn plan. And um, I'd use my great website to get a lot of this information because I didn't know much about this plan. Um, But I'll link and I'll tell you guys specifically where this information kind of came from, which was studentloanhero.com. So let's jump into it. So the payee or pay as you earn plan is a type of income-based repayment option where the amount you pay will be based on your discretionary income. And the whole idea of this plan is your payments will be less as you enter the workforce and they will gradually grow as you earn more. So typically when you first enter the workforce, you might be making entry-level money and then you know you might be making mid-professional money. So the idea around this plan is you start off really low payments and then of course you gradually increase. Now, payee differs from traditional income-based repayment because depending upon the date your loans were initiated, payee may cap loan payments at a smaller percent of income than IBR. So this means your monthly payments will be lower under payee, and payee could also result in earlier loan forgiveness and better interest benefits for subsidized loans, which I'll talk a little bit about after this. So if you qualify for payee, which a lot of people say that it's really hard to qualify for um, because It's a little bit challenging and it may include loan consolidation. Um, If you qualify, though, it's a great plan because it could potentially lower your monthly costs um, as well as, you know, 
allow you the opportunity to be able to forgive your loans a little bit faster. So again, I'll link additional information about this plan from my good friends at Student Loan Hero. But again, that is the pay as you earn plan. Now we're going to talk about some things to keep in mind with each repayment option. So first thing is payee offers loan forgiveness five years earlier than IBR, which pretty much means that the payee repayment plan offers loan forgiveness after 20 years of payment and the IBR forgiveness is after 25 years of payment. So payee plan, of course, looks really good. I mean, you can get your loans forgiven after five years. That's a really big thing. Um, but just keep in mind, although, you know, your loans are being forgiven, um, that forgiven amount of loans is treated as taxable income. So just keep in mind, um, you may get hit with a bigger tax bill. But again, if you want your loans to given a little bit faster, payee may be the option for you. But again, it is contingent upon your personal situation. All right. Number two. The income-based repayment plan does not require you to consolidate most of your loans. Um, the payee plan does require you to consolidate some of your loans. So you may consider that consolidation sometimes can affect credit. Um, so you may consider what consolidation could potentially do to you before you sign up for a payee plan and they make, make you consolidate. All right. And the third thing is both plans have interest benefits, but the payee has a better one. Um, under payee, if you no longer qualify to make income-driven payments, the unpaid interest that may be capitalized is limited to 10% of the loan balance you had when you entered the payee plan. But on the other hand, the IBR does not limit the amount of interest that may be capitalized. So that's pretty much it. All right. So that's my little student loan spiel. Again, I hope this information was helpful. And for more, more student loan resources, be sure to go to the description of this podcast where I'll include some cool resources to check out like Student Loan Hero, Nerd Wallet, um, and just some really cool websites that will let you further your education of your student loans and kind of empower you to kind of take control of your specific student loan financial situation. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this podcast. If you want to check out more information from what we do, you can check out my website, which is www.whatnowacademy.com. You can also check out, of course, this podcast on SoundCloud as well as iTunes. And be sure to tell a friend about what we are currently doing and get them engaged with what we're currently doing because we're really trying to create um, a conversation around students, student loans, Navigating life with the college and all the other good stuff. All right. I'll talk to you guys in the next podcast. Have a great day. Bye.